welcome to Spirited Conversations. I'm your host, Terry Kennedy. Over the years, friends, family, colleagues, and sometimes complete strangers have shared personal stories with me of encounters with departed loved ones or with unknown entities that couldn't be explained away. These stories have always intrigued me, both personally as a person of faith and professionally as a researcher. Through this podcast, I seek to share and honor these experiences. I really want to thank you for participating in Spirited Conversations, and we haven't met before, so I'm going to just ask you to think about the earliest experience that you can remember and just share your story. Okay, let's see. The earliest one that I can remember was probably when I was maybe about nine years old, and we were living in a house that was well over a hundred years old. And it had been one of those old style homes that had been lifted and moved at some point to a different location. So it came with its own history. And so in this home, my brothers can corroborate the story also. (laughs) We would hear noises in the middle of the night. And there was an old rocking chair that we had in the living room. And my youngest brother had just been born. And this rocking chair, my mother would use to rock him at night. And so I remember hearing the rocking chair going in the middle of the night. I thought, oh, my mom is probably up and, you know, feeding the baby. And I remember getting up and going to the living room and there was nobody sitting in the rocking chair. And I remember thinking to myself, how is that possible? Like I literally had just heard it. And so I went back to bed. And a few nights later, the same thing happened again. The rocking chair, I could hear it rocking in the middle of the night. I would get up and there was nobody there. And then that same week, I had heard noises upstairs in the attic. So the home was three floors. Our living space and bedrooms were on the second floor. And upstairs on the third floor, it was just storage, like it was a finished attic. But I heard noises like furniture moving and footsteps happening. And I thought, oh, my parents must be upstairs doing something. And I went up there and there was nobody there. (laughs) And so those little conversations that I had with my mom at the end of that week, and I thought, These are the things that I've been hearing. Did you get up in the middle of the night with the baby? Did you, were you upstairs with dad? And she's like, no, I was not. And I thought, well, where did these noises come from? And silence from my mom, because I'm pretty sure she knew. But since I was so young, she didn't want to tell me what she thought the noises were coming from. So, you know, we left it a lot to our own imaginations at, at that age. But those are the things that started happening at a very young age where I was, you would hear things, smell things, sense things, we're very sensitive. And my whole family's that way. My brother's that way too. My mom is that way. I come from a long history of individuals who are very sensitive to those things. So that's probably the earliest thing that I remember. So the house had its own history. Did the rocking chair have any 
family significance or was it part of the house when you bought it? Do you remember kind of the origin of that rocking chair? The rocking chair, I believe, was my parents. When we moved into that home, I think they brought it with them. It didn't come with the house. When you would wake up in the middle of the night to investigate, you were pretty brave at that age. I probably would have been in my room with my covers <laughs> over my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering, did you ever see the chair move or would you hear it? And then you'd go and it would be like sitting there. Yeah, I would hear it rock. I think part of the bravery came from the fact that I really just thought it was my mom sitting in the chair feeding my, my brother. You know, I, I really had not connected that it could be anything different than that. So brave to go because I just thought, oh, I was just going to go say hi to mom. But I did not see it move once I put my eyes on it. I could only hear it rocking when I was not in visual distance. And this was your first experience. So sounds like you probably later developed more understanding of this gift that you have. I'm wondering if you had any sense of a presence or was this a positive kind of a presence? Was it a feminine or a masculine or, or did you have any feeling about that encounter? In that home, I felt both male and female. My hairs would stand on end on my arm when I would feel something in the house. There was one time when that happened and it was summertime, so I was in short sleeves. So I could see my arm and I could see the hairs on my arm. And I said to my mom, oh, my hairs, you know, are standing up on end. And she goes, oh, there must be somebody here. And I thought, well, who would that be? <laughs> I guess we grew up with the sense that it was always somebody we knew, that it was like an ancestor that passed on somebody that was still close to us. But I did get the feeling in that home that it was people that we, we did not know. I did have a sense that it was male and female, but not family members, not anybody that we knew. When I would hear it in the middle of the night, I then became very much more conscious to the fact that it was something else in the house. And it sounds like your mother, while she didn't want to scare you or worry you, she also didn't question the experience or make you think that you should doubt your own reactions or senses. Yeah, when I was young, she corroborated a lot of what I felt as I was feeling it. Then subsequently moved into a different home where immediately the first night that we slept in this house, I was probably about 12 years old. I felt a presence here, which is actually still the same house that my parents are living in right now, where I am right now. Definitely a presence here that was here prior to us moving in. And I remember saying to my mom, there's somebody here. And it was male. I could feel like it was a male presence. And that was the first time where she had ever said to me, oh, there's nothing here in this house. You don't have anything to worry about. And I said, nope, I'm pretty sure there's somebody here. <laughs> and we don't know who this person is. It didn't seem like a family member to me because it seemed like it was already here when we got here. And to this day, we feel this presence in this house. And my brothers, every summer we all get together and we all recount all the things that have happened in this house from the day we moved in to the present day. A lot of things. And my niece will sometimes call me and she'll say, can you please tell me some of those stories that my dad was telling me about? There's so much stuff in here. I would get like night paralysis. 
where I would start having a dream, but then I would wake up and then realize I couldn't move. And those were always attached to some type of dream that was, I don't want to say like otherworldly, but it just seemed like there was something else going on that was not present time in the 3D. And then also we would hear things in our basement. We would hear furniture moving, people laughing, sometimes music. <laughs> and we would come down the stairs and be like, quiet, nobody down here, you know. So you mentioned hearing music. So do you recall, was there a certain song or like an era of music or was it just more indiscriminate musical sounds? My parents are Italian. So a couple of times I heard like Italian music. A few times it was just noise music. Like, you know, you could hear that people were talking and laughing and having background music in the background kind of thing, furniture moving, that type of thing. So not so much era-related music, no. There's a lot of different stories like that for with this house. But when we moved in here, my mom started saying to me, you're not hearing anything. There's nothing here. I don't know if she felt it too when she was a little bit more concerned because it was a spirit that we did not know or why all of a sudden she was trying to deny the fact that uh, there was anything here. But I would stay awake in the middle of the night many, many nights growing up probably age 12, 13, 14 in that time where I was literally scared to turn my light off at night because there was so many things I would feel and hear when the lights went off that I would sleep with the lights on. Did your mother subsequently ever share that, yes, something was going on and she sensed it too, or did she just remain like, no, nothing's happening here? She remained neutral. But it sounds she, like everybody else was having, like your brother and others. Yeah, mm-hmm. There was one story that the family still loves to tell to this day. When I moved out of the house after college, my brother took my room. And it was always the bedroom that I slept in was the room that we felt this presence the most. And my brother moved into that room when I moved out of that room. And there was a story where my other brother had a room right across the hallway. And so the doors were just like a foot away from each other. And the one that was in my bedroom had a fan on in that room. And he would have it on at night, especially through the summer. So East Coast summers are just very, very warm. So he would have the fan on during the night. And he had a recollection. The next day he woke up, he asked my other brother if he had come into the room to turn the fan off. And my other brother said, no, that I didn't. He said, well, in the middle of the night, he had this experience that there was a shadow of a man standing in the doorway that said to him, this fan is too loud. You need to turn it off. And the fan went off. The fan turned off. And the next morning, my brother woke up with this memory of someone coming into the room in the middle of the night and telling him that the fan was too loud. And he went to go check the fan and the fan was broken. It wasn't working. He would plug it in. It wasn't working. Turn it on, turn it off. The fan just was not working. And then he told my brother, why did you come into the room in the middle of the night? And he said, I did not come into the room in the middle of the night. And so they can't figure out to this day who turned this fan off because there was evidently this image of a man. So he's having the same experiences in the room where I felt like there was always a male presence and not anything. It was more benign. It wasn't anything bad or just you feel like there was someone there watching you just being in the room you know but in the moments where I was not able to sleep 
I would hear people talking in my ear. I would dream that there were people in the room with me, that type of thing. So it was always just left us wondering what was happening in that room that everybody who stayed in there would feel it. My uncle came to visit us at one time and he stayed in the room for one night and he, the next night, slept on the couch. And my mom said, why, why don't, aren't you sleeping in the bedroom? He's a grown man. And he said, mm -mm, I'm not doing it. He said, there's something in that room. He goes, I'm not sleeping in there. have any experiences in that house outside of that room any other entities or kind of unexplained happenings yes so in the basement like I was telling you we would oftentimes hear music playing down here and we would come down here and there would be nobody here there was a time when you're in the basement going up the stairs I would see little shadows of things that would scoot up the stairs almost like shadows of animals scooting up the stairs in a couple of times, it threw me off balance because I wasn't expecting it. And it happened to me about three different occasions. And the one time I came flying up the stairs because I saw one of these things and I just went up the stairs as fast as I possibly could. I was probably about 14 and my cousin was here and he was sitting up in the kitchen and he said, what's going on? Why are you flying up the stairs like that? And I just looked at him. And his face got serious all the time. I mean, he was joking and then his face got real serious. He goes, you saw them. He goes, what did you see? He goes, you saw them too, didn't you? What did you see? And I said, yep. I said, I saw these things. They were like little fuzzy, you know, animal shadows running up the stairs. And as I'm telling you the story, I'm actually getting goosebumps on my arms. And he said, I've seen them too. He goes, I didn't want to say anything to anybody because I thought it was just me. He goes, but when I saw your face come flying up the stairs, he goes, I figured that something happened down there. So he's corroborated the story that he was also experiencing that. So I don't know what they are, if it was maybe animals that lived on the land prior to the house being built here. I have no idea. I have so many questions. I'm going to go back to some of the things you've already described and just ask you to talk a little bit more about them. And maybe this will be a way to preserve the stories for your niece and your family. Mm -hmm. So this house that you're in now, your family didn't have ties to the house as far as you know? No, nope. we moved into it when I was 12, no ties. They just bought it on off the market. There were no other previous ties to it. And the other house that you lived in previously was about 100 years old. Do you know the age or the era of this house? Just your ordinary run-of-the-mill house in a suburban neighborhood, not anything special about it. I don't know what happened on the land prior to it being built. I think the people that we bought this house from were the original owners. I don't recall that there being anything significant about the history here. It had been new, I guess, when they moved in and they lived in it for 40 years and then moved on and we bought it. Is there any sense that the entities or whatever you're experiencing might be the original owners? It sounds like now you're maybe not afraid. As a child, you didn't want this male entity in your room in the middle of the night, understandably. Yeah. Was there any sense that the person actually belonged there in some way? 
it sounds like you have the ability to sense people who have passed on and they have sought you out. So maybe they're coming from other places, like a portal. I'm learning the language of all of this. Yeah, I believe that that is possible because I have had the sense of people standing around me, almost like waiting for me to fall asleep and I guess enter my body, so to speak. I don't know what the correct term for that is either, but I have had that sense. And so that's the part of the reluctance of falling asleep when I was younger, because I was scared that something would happen to me. And that was, I think also when the night paralysis started happening. So I don't know if those two types of incidents are connected, but almost with the night paralysis, I would feel as if somebody was trying to take over and and kind of merge with me and I would resist, but I always felt like I couldn't come out of it for some reason. But that being different than that male presence that I felt, that was always like a separate thing. So the night paralysis and the feeling of people standing around you was here in this house. I don't remember the night paralysis ever happening in the other house. I remember it starting to happen here when we moved into this house. It sounds like this is a family gift, and I guess those gifts can be a mixed blessing. Do you know about any grandparents or people prior to your mother's generation who have this kind of a gift as well? I have heard bits and pieces, and when I ask, I'm not always given the full story, and I don't know whether it's because they don't know the full story or it's because they're intentionally not telling me the whole story. But I do believe that there is probably an ancestral connection to this type of gift. Yes. It sounds like you would resist falling asleep and then you would somehow probably got exhausted, I'm guessing, and would just succumb like you do, you know, when you're trying to stay awake and you just can't. I want to be sensitive to what that must have felt like to you. Do you remember like a dream that really stood out to you? that you would have while you were sleeping or in mm -hmm. paralysis? Yes. So two actually stand out quite prominently to me also. And I was in those teenage years. One was I had fallen asleep on the bed after resisting, you know, sleep. I had just completely passed out from being exhausted. And I remember waking up in a night paralysis and hearing voices of people talking to each other like almost over like a radio where they were giving directions like navigation points and it almost felt like they were in some kind of ship but not a not a not on land like almost like an airship you know and I don't do I don't want to say UFO but like something that was like navigationally in the sky not on land and I remember hearing that static of like that radio connection and of people talking to each other. Could you make out any of the words? It was like they were giving coordinates. Right. Yes, they were giving coordinates. And I just remember a name. I don't remember if it was Zebediah or Zephariah. And so one person was calling the other person Zephariah and giving them coordinates. 
And that's all I remember in terms of the actual words. And I woke up from that feeling like almost like I tapped into some kind of communication that was happening, like radio waves. It was just very interesting. And then the other one was also a night paralysis situation where I woke up and remembered in the night paralysis seeing uh, two elderly people that were in my bedroom, actually, in that space, in two beds that were side by side, twin beds, elderly couple, and I was helping them pass on. And I was young. I think that one actually happened on one of my college breaks. So maybe I was like 18, 19. And I was being shown how to help people move on to the next realm. And then I snapped out of it. But it was such an interesting, just an intense experience. I remember trying to wake up, like trying to move out of this state of night paralysis And I couldn't until that experience was over when I was shown what I needed to be shown. And then I I was able to move again. Was it the couple who were teaching you? how to help them move on? Or was it another entity? It seemed like another entity, but there was not another body in the room with us. It just seemed like I was being shown maybe by spirit, some kind of presence, what to do. But there was no other person in the room with us. I'm guessing at that age, you may not have had the language about night paralysis or sleep paralysis. What did that feel like? What was that experience for you? So the night paralysis, when it starts to come on, I feel like my body is not able to move, but I feel like I can see with my eyes what is happening in present time, but my body is like numb and paralyzed and not able to actually physically move. And in that state, I also feel like kind of floating in an in-between state where Other people around me are not noticing what's happening, but I can see what's happening. It's the feeling of not being able to move. Sometimes I feel tingly. Sometimes I feel really heavy in my body. Sometimes I feel it all in my head. Like it's just this fogginess and this presence like in my head. And I'm just not able to even like lift my head off the pillow. I have felt sometimes the presence of people that with that heaviness on my chest, like somebody's on top of me, just holding me down, like pinning my shoulders down. And I don't know if that's something that I'm imagining in my head as an explanation as to that feeling of heaviness, or whether that's actually happening in a spiritual realm where somebody's actually holding me down, that I have never been able to figure out what's actually happening, or whether it's just something that's happening in my mind. But When I was in college, it happened to me once when I had my roommate present in the room with me and I was in that in-between stage and had fallen asleep while I was studying. So I was in my bed reading a book and she was on the other side of the room reading a book and and studying. And I had this 
experience of this paralysis where I felt like I could see her, but I couldn't move. And I kind of felt like there was another spiritual presence with me. And that was one of the times where I felt like somebody was trying to jump in. I remember trying to lift my head up off the pillow. And I remember trying to speak and call out for my roommate and no words were coming out. It was like all like jumbled. And when I finally did come out of it, she said to me, what just happened to you? And I explained to her what I was feeling. And I said, I was trying to speak and call out to you, but nothing was coming out. She said, yes. She goes, I heard you mumble something. She said, but it was completely incoherent. She said, and I didn't know it looked like you were sleeping and looked like you were maybe talking in your sleep. I said, I was trying to snap out of it and lift my head up and I couldn't. Usually I'm not with people when it's happening. That was probably one of maybe two times in my life where I could say there was somebody else in the room with me when it was actually happening. So she could tell that I was going through something, but she didn't know what. When your brother went into that room, he had that experience with the fan. Did he ever have sleep paralysis or a sense that people were trying to talk to him in the middle of the night through his dreams or otherwise? Not that I know of. I know that he's sensitive like me, but I don't think he's ever said to me that he's had an instance of night paralysis or anything like that. Well, and then it sounds like you had another experience where somebody else witnessed what happened. Was that around the same time or was that at another time of your life? That was a little bit later, a couple of years later. And I don't even remember if it was actually in college or if I had already left college, but it was something similar along the same lines. And I think I had already graduated college and I was visiting a friend and the same thing. I had had that experience and they overheard me trying to like speak out and I could not get my words out. They said that, you know, they didn't understand what was happening, but they weren't paying attention like my roommate had been paying attention. So I had an actual conversation with her about it. In the second experience, the other person really wasn't aware and wasn't really paying attention. They just figured I was just trying to speak or sleep talking or something. But usually it happens when I am completely by myself and not around anybody. So that second experience where somebody witnessed it sounds like it happened at somebody else's house that time? Yes, it was at someone else's house. So this <laughs> sounds like you've had it at least in two locations. Do you experience it in a variety of locations? I have. So I don't think it's house specific. I think it's me. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I, think, not, no, I think it's something that is personal to the person experiencing it. I don't think it's related to what is present in the house. Also, I have lived in another house as a grown adult with children that had an entity that did not want to go away. In fact, it came down to, I told my ex-husband, but who was my husband at the time, it's either me or her. Like we can't both live in this house. <laughs> and that's another house that we have, you know, a lot of family stories about, but this was a house that we moved into when I was nine months pregnant with one of my sons and the house seemed great. We bought it from an elderly couple and we moved in and we saw the house twice prior and I didn't feel anything. It was, you know, it just seemed like a great house. 
and we move in the very first night same thing like what happened in this house the very first night we moved our bed in we we didn't even have our furniture we had like literally a mattress on the floor in the master bedroom and I laid on the bed and all of a sudden all the hairs on my arms stood up and I told my husband there's somebody in this house and he's like oh don't be ridiculous you know there's nothing here and I said no I'm telling you there's somebody else in this house with us and sure enough as time went on little things started happening and I would feel things. I would feel presence in, in certain rooms of the house. I would go to put the laundry away and I would all of a sudden feel like all my hairs go up on my arm and I would feel cold all of a sudden. I would be washing dishes in my kitchen and I had a window in front of my sink where I could see behind me with the reflection with the lights. I could see sometimes a shadow of a woman walking behind me. You know, I would do my dishes at night after the kids went to bed. And I was all by myself. And in fact, this was the house that I lived next door to Deb in Awatuki. And we found out that the elderly couple that we bought the house from had their elderly mom living with them. And she had passed in the bedroom that I was feeling a lot of things. But one by one, as people would stay in that house, they would also feel the same thing. Well, like one child had his bedroom in there and I would go in there to, to read bedtime stories and then sometimes fall asleep with them in the middle of the night. And I would dream about a woman in that room, or I would have the night paralysis and feel like this woman was talking to me. I would feel like somebody was touching my shoulder sometimes. And as my children got older, they started having experiences in that room and they didn't want to sleep in that room. Nobody wanted to sleep in that room. <laughs> now, first we would joke about it, but I started having dreams about her, like serious, intense dreams about her. After my husband started working from home, he started his own business. And so instead of going away to work every day, he was now working at home. And he had all his laptops and computers on the dining room table with all the computer wires everywhere. And I started having dreams that she would come to me and be like, this house is too messy. And she would like yell at me. And she said, all these wires everywhere. <laughs> and I would tell my husband, about the dreams. It's like, oh, you're being ridiculous again. There's nobody here. He's like, you're probably the one that's upset about my wires. I said, yeah, I am. But also this woman that lives here, she's upset about those wires too. And it was one thing after another, one thing after another. One time we came home to New Jersey and I left my brother at the house to house it the house. And he called us and said that the ceiling fan in the living room had just dropped right out of the ceiling and like missed him by like this much while he was sitting on the couch watching TV. And he said, was there anything wrong with that fan? I said, no, there's nothing wrong with that fan. And he's sensitive too. He goes, I got the feeling that somebody doesn't want me here. I said, okay. And I didn't tell him anything about what was happening. The next summer, same thing. He stayed in the house for us and house sat the house while we were on vacation. And the ceiling fan, same ceiling fan dropped out of the ceiling right next to him while he was watching TV. He's like, this, something is happening in this house. So I finally, I told him, I said, well, we think that there's an old lady that came attached to the house and she doesn't want to really go anywhere. And I did smudging and, you know, all kinds of rituals to try to help her move on. And I went room to room, you know, 
she was not going anywhere. And then there was one time where my husband took the kids to the park. And I said, great, the kids are not home. I'm going to go have myself a nice hot bath. There's nobody here to take care of right now for like at least 30 minutes to an hour. So I jumped in the bathtub. And within 10 minutes, I hear kids laughter in the hallway. And I thought, well, maybe they came back home and maybe the kids forgot their cups or whatever. And you know how hot it is in Arizona, right? So they can't go anywhere without the water. So I'm thinking they forgot their water and they came back to the house for this. So I got out of the tub to go help them do what they needed to do to get them back off to the park. I get out of the tub and there's nobody in the house at all. The whole house is empty. And so I called my husband. I said, did you come home? Were you here in the house? Like, did you bring the kids back inside the house? He's like, no, we're here at the park. I said, well, I could have sworn that I just heard like a gaggle of kids in our hallway. He goes, nope. He goes, it wasn't us. We're, we're here at the park. Okay. That summer was probably maybe a month or two after that. I had my cousin stay in my house to house sit because my brother, having had experiences two years in a row, he's like, mm -mm, I'm not going there. My cousin house sat for us and I called her to check on her to see how she was doing. And she said, well, everything's okay. And I, I could tell by the sound of her voice that something had happened. And I said, Nikki, I said, what happened? And so she said, well, she goes, have you ever heard like kids laughing in this house? I said, why do you ask? Because I didn't want to tell her. I didn't want to scare her. So I said, why do you ask? And she said, well, she goes, I was sitting here all by myself and there's nobody with me. She goes, and all of a sudden I hear like all these kids laughing in the hallway. I said, well, maybe it's like the vent. Maybe you're hearing kids outside or the kids playing in the neighborhood outside. And she's like, no. So I asked her a couple more questions just to clarify. And then I had to tell her, I said, I had the same experience. I said, I was home all by myself. I said, and I heard these kids laughing and playing in our hallway. So she said, yeah, she said, that's exactly what I heard. There were kids laughing and playing in the hallway. Now, I don't know if anything has happened there with children in that house. I do know that there was an elderly woman there had died in that house. I said, but with the children, I said, I have no idea what the connection is there. But the two of us on completely separate occasions, not knowing, she had no idea about what I experienced. She experienced the same exact thing. cousin ever had an experience before this that you're aware of or was this sort of like the first time that ever happened to her she has had experiences too she's very sensitive also I think it was the first time that she felt anything in my house but I think it wasn't the first time that she had experienced something more spiritual or supernatural so to speak the brother that's the same brother that had the incident in your former room no, the other brother, oh, the other brother. brother, different brother. So spirit is not a fan of either of your brothers. Apparently, <laughs> Sorry about that. But you know, the interesting thing about the fan is that, you know, we really racked our brain. We're like, well, maybe, you know, the bolt that the fan is bolted into the ceiling. Maybe that's loose. Maybe there's something wrong there. 
But after the first time that it happened, it was a brand new fan and a brand new apparatus to bolt it up into the ceiling. So it was brand new when it fell out of the sky again. Fascinating. And I believe that it was that older woman. She did not want anyone in her home. She just didn't want anybody there. So it sounds like it got to the point where it was like, it's either her or me. I mean, that was dangerous thinking about a ceiling fan falling on your brother. I'm in Arizona right now, and we've got fans in every room to keep yeah. the air moving. I've never, other than maybe one that's squeaky or noisier than it should be, I've never seen a fan fall out of the ceiling. But were there other things that happened that you were just like, I've had it. This is just beyond the pale. It's one thing to nag about wires. Now you're starting to potentially injure somebody, but did other things start happening that just pushed you over the edge? I think it's the general feeling in the sense that someone was always in the house and a little bit different than what we experienced here in my parents' home was in that home, she made her presence known continually, was constant. And so like, I couldn't even do the laundry and put the laundry away in my children's bedroom because I would feel her presence in that room, almost like not wanting me to enter the space and when my youngest was born, my mom came out to visit me after the birth of the baby. And she immediately could sense that there was something in the, in the house. And she had the same experience of, you know, trying to go into the room to put laundry away. And she would come right back out of the room still with the laundry in her hands. And I'm like, what happened? She's like, I can't go back there. So a funny story, one time when she was visiting and the baby was baby, my brother was actually living with me at the time and he had a baby. Between me and my brother, we had three kids all under two. They were all born right next to each other. So we had the house full of babies and my mom came with a newborn and my brother, who was a musician, had an evening gig that night. So he was out late and we were home with the babies and my husband traveled for work because now at this point he was working for a different company. He wasn't home. So it was me, my mom and the babies. And we had this experience with the laundry. Nobody wanted to walk down the hallway to put this laundry away because the old lady wouldn't let us. So we were all sitting on the couch watching television together with the kids and the babies, we had them with us. I was actually breastfeeding at the time. So at that moment, my brother came home from work. I was actually up with the baby feeding. But the other two kids were with us in the living room asleep on the floor. We had put them all them up with blankets and pillows and everything with us. And we're all together. And my brother comes home from work and he says, why are you all in the living room? So we just kind of looked at him and he started going down the hallway and he turned around and he came right back and he says to me, move over. <laughs> he pushes me, just move over. So we all like literally slept sleeping up on the couch that night with all the kids around us all huddled together in the living room. We, none of us wanted to go down the hallway to the bedroom because it's, it was such a strong presence that we all felt it. And it was so bizarre. So, so bizarre how strong it was. You know, I think that growing up when we feel things and our hairs go up on end and all that, it's not always constant, like every once in a while. But in that house, it was almost every day where there was something happening that we would feel her presence so that's why I said at some point it was just exhausting and I told my husband I said we have to find a new place to move because 
I can't, it's draining me energy wise. I'm raising children. I don't have time for this. And I felt that she just didn't want us there. I had this weird thought that what if your washing machine goes off just when you're telling this story and I just heard it buzz <laughs> right on cue. We couldn't have planned that any better. I know it's sometimes hard to put words to these things. I'm just curious, how would you describe what that felt like? Was it threatening feeling? Was it an ominous feeling that way that you all ended up in the living room huddled together? For me, it felt almost threatening, like almost as if she was saying to us, now we're too many people in this house now, because then my mom was there and we have a newborn, the schedule was changing. There were babies crying. I felt like she was trying to let us know that it was too much in her space. And maybe she was older and she had lived with her older elderly children. And so maybe she had a very quiet existence. So for my family to be moving into that space with all the children and all the noise that comes with having children, and then a husband who was working from home, and it was just always people in the house, I think it was too much for her. And I felt like a very strong and threatened presence, almost barring us from certain spaces. And so when we would walk down the hallway to the bedroom that used to be hers, it was very evident that she did not, it was like cold. I would feel the hairs on my arms stand up on end and go right up to the back of my neck and my head, just a coldness and the presence of somebody almost blocking your forward movement. It was very strong. What's interesting to me is that house that you were in and you didn't feel anything when you were looking at it a couple of times. And I'm just wondering what your thought is about that, because it sounds like if spirit wants to be seen or felt, you're there. They would be able to connect with you. So mm -hmm. did you feel as if they didn't want to be noticed? until you were actually there? Or I, I'm just curious how you have thought about that or if, if you have. Actually, I have. You know, I often wondered why didn't I sense it the first time I stepped into that house? Because there are times where I walk into a house and I can immediately feel something. So I, I often wonder why didn't I feel it when we walked in? And then I think, well, maybe she didn't make herself known because maybe she didn't know us, right? I was pregnant at the time. It was just me and my husband that had gone to see the house. We were very quiet. <laughs> maybe she didn't realize what she was getting herself into <laughs> until we actually moved in, right? I would feel her presence so strong in there. I was about eight and a half months pregnant when we had first moved in. So I was there in the latter part of my pregnancy where, you know, you have to get up and go to the bathroom like five times a night. And every time I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would feel like she was in the room with us. And I would make my husband get up and stand behind the door of the bathroom because I did not want to go to the bathroom by myself. That's how strong her presence was. 
I don't know if I thought that she was going to do something to me. Like, I, probably not. But just the fact that she was there and I felt like vulnerable, maybe being pregnant. And I would make him get up. And he's like, how, how many more nights are we going to have to do this? So I have to get up with you every single time you have to go to the bathroom. And I said, for as long as it takes, you know, but that's how strong it was. So, yeah, I don't know why all of a sudden from one day to the next, I didn't feel her. And then all of a sudden it was like very evident that she was there and she was not going anywhere. On the topic of a more friendly you know, experiences. We often have, and my brothers have also had experiences of like our grandparents, you know, when they've moved on. When I was about 16, when my grandfather passed away and, you know, we all have stories of him coming to visit us before he left, right? Glass shelves, like falling, things like that. And then even to this day, I would dream about him and coins. He has always had this pocket full of change And so as a child, I remember him always like jingling his, you know, coins. And sometimes I'll have dreams of the coins or of him coming to talk to me and tell me about something. He came to me in a dream once when my cousin had a very, very bad motorcycle accident because I always felt the presence of my grandfather around me after he passed. He came to me and he said, know that I'm usually with you. He said, but I have to go spend time with your cousin because he's going to need me. And it was the very next day that I found out that my cousin had had a very bad motorcycle accident, had completely crushed his leg. And so I called my cousin. I said, this is what happened. You know, he was just like floored by that dream. But I feel like we're very connected still to our ancestors and that they come to us to communicate and to just share their presence with us. When you would have dreams about your grandfather, could you actually hear his voice? Was it as if you were sitting there talking with one another or was it just more a message that you were getting without there being actual words. It was actually his voice that I would hear. Yes. Like he was having a conversation with me. Oh, what a comforting presence. So did your cousin ever share any experiences during that time? I don't remember him ever sharing an experience of that. On the flip side of him realizing my grandfather's presence there with him. I know he knew that I told him he was going to be there because he told me he was going to be there. I'd have to ask him and see if he ever did feel that presence afterwards. But interestingly enough, with the same cousin, you know, we're all so interconnected, especially on the spiritual realm, right? We just share so much that I had a dream when I was living in that Awatuki house that my cousin's dog came to visit me and he also had like a jingling, like his collar was jingling. I could hear it. And the dog came and went under my bed and just stayed with me and was like sleeping under my bed. The next day we found out that his dog has passed away in the middle of the night. So I said, well, I said he came to visit me last night. I had a dog for 19 years. She was my baby and she died 
six months before my mother did. And I have often felt that my little dog Tula was like my doula, I guess, my puppy doula, teaching me about aging and death and dying and preparing me for my mother's death. There was this day that my mother was coming out of just being over-medicated. And as she started coming out of it, she was just talking away and sharing stories. And one of the things she talked about was pets who had passed. And she talked about a dog. And But I always did feel as if my baby, Tula, had really prepared me for losing my mother. I felt very comforted. And I, I still have my little Tula's ashes here in Arizona with Aww. me. So. Yes, pets, it's amazing. They are so connected and so sensitive to spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And in the ways that they could help us. It's amazing. Well, listen, you are a blessing. You're just lovely. It's so nice to meet you. Likewise, so nice to meet you, and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Spirited Conversations. Please like and follow Spirited Conversations on Facebook at Terry Kennedy 1111. T E R I K E N N E D Y 1111. If you have a personal story to share, please message me with a brief description of your experience your first name and email address. Sleep tight. Ooh.